Welcome back to the Sustain Us podcast. Episode one, and one thing you can do is reflect on your own behavior. That is something you should do, <laughs> but no stress. And uh, today, uh, yeah, I'm here, Sophie, and... And this is me, Rasmus. And today, we have our first episode, yeah, which is pretty exciting. Like the real first episode. Yes. So the previous one was sort of the introduction to everything. And we thought that it might be interesting to start with um, this kind of basic idea behind sustainability or when it comes to social setting and us as people, psychology is kind of a crucial element of everything. Definitely. So it would be interesting to start with that and to start looking into what goes behind our decisions and Today, we will actually look further into um, climate anxiety, or it can be also applied, these theories can be applied to eco-anxiety or just like feeling uh, anxious about the state of the environment in general. But uh, today, we have our first guests. Yeah, it's so exciting. We actually just finished uh, the conversation with them. We had Tura and Josephine. Yeah, two psychology students from Linköping University. Yes, and we had a nice, really interesting conversation, or it was mostly us listening to the interesting stories and yeah. the sort of a presentation about climate anxiety. Yeah, so we should listen to our conversation with them. Yeah, so without further ado, go ahead, past Sophie and Ramos and others. So, today we have our first guests in the, on the podcast. Woo! So, welcome Tura and Josephine. Yeah. Yes. Welcome. Thank Yay. you. Exciting. It's the first episode and first guests. First of all, would you like to introduce yourself? What do you do and um, why are you here? We can come to that later, but... All right. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, I'm Josephine, and I uh, study psych- the psychology program at Linköping University, uh, the fourth year, and I'm here <laughs> because it's fun, but uh, mostly because I got invited by you. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll come to come to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and my name is Tora, and I am also a student at the psychology program here at uh, Linköping University, and I'm in my third year. Perfect. And um, so basically, the reason why I invited you guys over is that a couple of weeks ago we had the Global Weeks at the Linköping University, where there were some lunch lectures and some events based on or related to sustainability and uh, different aspects of it. So you guys held the launch lecture about climate anxiety. And yeah. Uh, yeah, even though it was in Swedish, I sort of managed to pick up what was relevant there and yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of hopefully understood it. And I, I got pretty excited. I'm really interested in psychology. So yeah. I was, yeah, that's why I invited you guys over. And I'm glad that you accepted. Good to have you here. Yeah, yeah we're happy to be here. Yes, we yeah. are. Would you like to going to climate anxiety and um, your past experiences with it. So if you've been looking into some climate anxiety before, and uh, how did you get into it? Yeah, why did you become interested? 
in the subject? Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, I uh, have been uh, interested in uh, climate uh, psychology for a while, and uh, maybe um, a year ago or more, I was thinking about doing a part of uh, my career in uh, um, climate uh, psychology. When I got the uh, <laughs> the lecture invitation, I was happy because it made me uh, a um, uh, it gave me an opportunity to uh, uh, read more about uh, climate anxiety and the research behind it, and so I feel more yeah I feel more competent and. Uh, yeah, no more about it now, which we is ha uh, which I'm happy for. We should also say that we're from the student organization Psychologisation, which uh, is what we represented when we gave the lecture, uh, and it's basically a group uh, that works with uh, spreading psychological information um, by giving lectures and uh, workshops. Stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. now you're here. And well. now we're here as well. <laughs> yes, and yeah. maybe podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From now Perhaps. on. Yes. Perhaps. Uh, yeah, and I uh, have been interested in climate, um, like for myself personally, for a few years. And then this semester I got into it more because I'm helping out with a research project on climate adaptation uh, in buildings and stuff. Uh, so... Um, when I got the request for the uh, lecture, I was just getting into the uh, psychology of climate change. So it was, uh, it fitted me perfectly to do a lecture on it. And uh, uh, yeah, since then it's been consuming my life basically. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And you see that you might be working with uh, this kind of topics in the future? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, um, once you've seen the potential in uh, what psychology can do for climate change, it's uh, it's been clear to me that this is what I want to do and what um, motivates me to keep going and uh, feel like, uh, I mean, this climate thing, it's it's possible to do something with it, mm. you know. We're, we're not doomed. Yes. We have a potential. So definitely, it's... Um, yeah, it's the most interesting thing I have uh, uh, come across in my, well, soon to be three years on the psychology program. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, one could say that, like, from from my perspective, I think that psychology is sort of behind everything in the way we uh, behave and the decisions that we make. Yeah. So it's very like a essential part of the whole our being Definitely. and society. And one could say also that it's both the cause and the solution for a lot of the problems that we have, at least yes. from yes, exactly. like my perspective on it. So beautifully put. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. We agree. That's yeah. why. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh, to sum up. That's the reason why we're here. Yeah. yeah I would say. Yeah. <laughs> or so why we're interested in it. Yeah. Nice. So mm. We think alike. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I want to know some more like about climate anxiety now that you're here. All right. Yeah. You Please start. More. Yeah. I start. Okay, let's yes. talk about uh, anxiety. Uh, or Well, first of all, climate anxiety is just, um, it's not an official clinical term uh, or uh, diagnosis. It's uh, just 
some everyday uh, lingo for uh, the emotions and uh, worries that people feel uh, in relation to climate change. Um, and there are plenty of different uh, terms for it. We have ecophobia, eco-anxiety or climate anxiety, and they basically mean the same thing. And they include anything from being a little worried about climate change to uh, being up at night because you're so scared of what's going to happen in the future. So it's a wide term of many different things, but nothing um, clearly defined. But we call it anxiety probably because it has uh, similarities to the um, the symptoms of clinical anxiety, yeah. let's say. Okay, so uh, why do we have anxiety? Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's uh, because it's very good uh, <laughs> for us, uh, uh, evolutionary. It's very good because it makes us survive. It makes us uh, react to distribute our resources in the body uh, that makes us more um, able to perform, to fight or flight. Um, so w- when it's a direct f- threat, um, we can take evolutionary examples like a bear or a lion. Then the body will react with fear, which is like fight or flight mode. It makes us... Um, the uh, muscles stronger, I guess, or the blood comes to the muscles. We uh, sweat. We do not have the blood to the stomach, so it makes our uh, uh, stomach maybe... uh, (laughs) We don't digest food. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, thank you. And the difference between fear and anxiety is that thoughts and information can uh, make the same reaction in the body. So we react to thoughts, that's an abstract threat, like what what if uh, uh, climate change uh, makes all these cities uh, go underwater? What if uh, it becomes war or anything? Like frightening thoughts uh, that makes us react uh, a fearful reaction uh, to uh, f- to the future. So the, the difference is that fear is to direct and now and anxiety is uh, f- thoughts about the future, fearful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good distinction. Yes. Yeah. Never thought about it that way. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, so everything of this makes us more focused, more tunnel vision, but it's also more focused on the thing we want to focus on. Uh, for example, I think your everyday thing with the exams, maybe you want to... Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, basically, um, if we have anxiety in relation to an exam, um, hopefully, if it's a good amount of anxiety, it can make us study more, which makes us uh, pass the exam. Uh, and also in the uh, exam room... Um, the uh, blood flow to the brain might make us think a little clearer and therefore make us pass the exam. So anxiety in um, in moderation or in like uh, a good level of anxiety is good for us or it has use, it's useful. So let's not look down on anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> it tells us that we um, function as we should and yeah. that it's uh, good for right. our survival. But... 
climate anxiety. Uh, it's a little different because the climate threat is everywhere and it's not going away. And it's hard to like point your uh, attention or direct your behavior uh, in one specific way for because the solutions are also complicated. Uh, so it's so abstract, it's so distant in time uh, that um, it's not uh, as constructive con anxiety yeah. anymore uh, because we don't have a clear direct threat. But the body still reacts and our thoughts uh, can still worry in the same way as uh, normal threats and anxiety to direct uh, direct threats. So as we said, that could be in a range from wor worrying to like full-blown uh, anxi anxiety. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. Basically, we've got this uh, physical and mental reaction to uh, stress or fear, uh, which uh, works really well when we need to uh, when we need to uh, avoid a threat uh, by. Uh, fleeing or fighting or when we need to prepare for something happening and then doing it it's uh you know evolved to work for us to help us in these kinds of situations but um anxiety in today's society um comes maladaptive because uh, we rarely have to flee or fight uh, but we still have the same emotional reactions to things um, for example, now climate, uh, as we're talking about today, where the reaction doesn't really help us because we don't have anything to um, point it towards. We don't have uh, any outlet. Exactly, for, for exactly. This. We yeah. don't have anything, anything to flee from or fight against. Mm. Yeah, that's the in interesting aspect about all these uh, mechanisms that we have, that they have been beneficial for us in the yeah. past, but now that the society and the way we live, way we live, have changed so drastically that they don't really uh, work for us. In at least in all the cases, yeah. they can yeah. turn against us. Yeah. And, uh, also, the fact that they feel uncomfortable, but they're still beneficial for us in some some ways. It's mm -hmm. also kind of interesting. And yeah. That we maybe we tend to like shy away from them, and I guess some of the things that we'll talk about are related to the uncomfortable feelings yeah, yeah definitely yeah so in the lecture that you gave a couple of weeks ago you talked about the the five d's that mm -hmm. are related to climate anxiety and they were i can read them out loud i have the list here uh, distance doom dissonance denial and identity yeah. Would you like to explain what they are and uh, how they relate to climate yes, anxiety? Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they Please. are uh, <laughs> from a book called What We Think About When We Try Not to Think About Global Warming, which is written by Per Espen Stoknes, who is a Norwegian psychologist and a common economist. who uh, Politician um, as well. As well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who um, wanted to make... Uh, facts and research about uh, climate psychology and climate communication and psychology in general accessible to uh, everyone because uh, information published in peer-reviewed journals uh, are 
not really easy to access for just anyone. You have to know what you're looking for and know the the lingo. Uh, so he wrote a book that would be more accessible and he um, wanted to do it in a way that was um, uh, easy to understand. So he made this model where he tried to um, include all these uh, phenomena about psychology and climate uh, into one model, which is the five Ds or the barriers um, that hinders us from uh, understanding and acting in the question of climate and climate change. And he also defined five uh, solutions to these uh, barriers uh, and what we can do to get around them. So there's a specific uh, solution or S to every D, which is the barriers. Should we uh, dig into them then? Ooh, Just yes, please. Uh, dive yeah. in. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> then yeah. I'm going to start yes. uh, and talk about <laughs> the first barrier, which is uh, distance. So the climate uh, question is far from us, uh, both in space, where it's um, not happening right here, right now, at least not too clearly, like the, the representation of climate change is use, usually melting ice or starving polar bears. And that's, that's not right here. So it's, it's easy to think that, okay, well, uh, yeah, it's a problem, but it's a distant problem that uh, concerns somebody else and not me. Uh, and it's also far away in time because when we're talking about the consequences of climate change, it's um, in the future. Like things are going to happen and going to change. And in a hundred years from now, things are going to be different. But that's like, all right, well, I don't really see anything happening right now. So I don't feel motivated to change. And uh, it's also a very big problem. It's um, uh, very hard to feel like you can really make a difference as an individual. Because we're talking about a global uh, wide range issue which, which will have consequences uh, that are like a list that is very long um, and the individual can't really do anything about this because what you do and the uh, carbon dioxide that you're releasing with your everyday life and in your uh, with your behavior it doesn't really make a difference when you look at the big scheme of things um, so this makes it very hard for us to access this information and to relate to it and understand it, basically, because... It's distant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, dis Whoa. it's not wow. here, it's not now, and yeah. it's not because of me, and it's mm. not me. Basically. Yeah, it doesn't really feel real, in a way. Exactly. It's like, um, it's kind of hard to... You might sort of think that it's real, or you know that, okay, it might be happening somewhere else to yeah. someone else, mm. but... Even then, it doesn't feel real because it's, you're not there. You're not experiencing these uh, consequences yeah. of or the changes. Exactly. So that's, uh, that's that really makes our mind not prioritizing the threat as much as other everyday um, problems. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, yes. Yeah. So we uh, our minds just like well, it's not now. It's not here. Not relevant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. And also when it comes to anxiety. Um, we still can get like this reaction of anxiety to this problem because we still 
get feeded information about this, like on the news and uh, on social media and uh, in conversation, in daily conversations, because this is like becoming a big topic. Um, but as we were, as Josephine was talking about before, we don't really have uh, anywhere to put this anxiety, like anything to to use it towards, basically. Mm. Uh, so like our, our system gets triggered, but we don't really know what to do with it. Like we have this anxiety, but we have nowhere to put it or nothing to, to do because the the individual uh, behavior isn't gonna solve the climate crisis. Mm. What I do isn't gonna make a difference. Yeah, that's uh, one of the problematic like heuristics, I yeah. guess. Like you feel that you're just one of these like tiny pieces somewhere yeah. in the whole system that like mm. you have no real impact. Exactly. But then on the other hand, that's basically all of the impacts together are that mm-hmm. form the big impact. So it's just this kind of a illusion that yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do. And, yeah. Uh, it's kind of problematic in that in exactly. that sense. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So all maybe right. are there any uh, solutions or anything that we can do about this distance issue? Yes. Because it is within our power to make this a problem that is here and now for us. Um, And this is by um, targeting social norms. And norms are basically like uh, normal, usual behaviors and uh, ways that we do things in in the groups or communities that we are in. And uh, by bringing this uh, issue... uh, into our uh, norms we can make it a a a close uh, not distant problem Uh, so we are very affected by um the the groups that we belong to or the the people that we are surrounded by um for example one thing that stockness takes up in his book is that um uh, if you want to um affect your hotel guests to reuse their towels, uh, the absolute best thing to do is put out a note that says that 75% of the people staying in this room has reused their towels. This is better than just putting out information that, well, if you do this, then you're going to save this and this much uh, carbon dioxide and it's going to be good for the climate because that's like, that's abstract. But then reading uh, that other people do this as well, you're like, Mm. Ah, then I I should do this too because yeah, other people conformity. do conformity exactly. Yeah. We're like mm, my group is doing this, so I'm I'm gonna do this as well because mm. we look a lot to uh, to the people that we identify with or the people that we are in a group with to see what we are supposed to do in different situations. We learn from each other and we're affected by mm. one another. So what this means uh, in the climate question is that well. First of all, if you want to be influenced by other people, then look for groups that has the climate question in focus. Uh, for example, Navitas uh, or Klimatstudenterna, uh, which mm. is a, well, not new group, but uh, a reborn group, yes. you could say, at um, uh, Linköping University mm-hmm. um, that we're just starting up, so... We'll see what happens with that. But anyways, th- just look, look around in the community and in your city to find uh, groups that prioritize this question if you want to be influenced by it. But you can also 
uh, use this to influence other people or influence the groups that you were already in. If you want to make this a, uh, a priority, uh, you have to actually prioritize it, of course, but do it in a positive way. So, I don't know, talk about um, eating certain ways that are more eco-friendly uh, in a good way, making it a fun thing, like uh, organizing dinners with your friends with uh, eco-friendly food and wine or... Um, yeah, talking about it in a fun way, like uh, going by train, like traveling by train as a fun event that you do with your friends mm. uh, and just forming the norms in this way, like not making it a, oh, we have to do this to save the climate and uh, ugh, this is so hard, but making it like uh, a good fun thing that becomes like a part of your everyday life and that you um, affect other people to do as well. Okay. Yeah, so if it becomes habits in the group, it's also uh, it's also easier to see your impact w- because if you're a group, it's um, easier to, to see the group's impact on the big question. Yeah. That's also a very good thing about this group thing. It makes it more, uh, less distant to mm. you. The results or the, uh, yeah, the impact you're, that you're actually able to do as a group. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, that's actually one of the interesting things that I've been looking into lately is the, like the impact of culture, which yeah, is very yeah. related to yeah, all these like definitely. social yeah, uh, positions and everything. Yeah. I'm actually, I will do my master's sort of Ooh. related to this. So I'm very curious about this aspect as well, like how the social setting affects our thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, that's, that's a very good point that if people around you do this something, mm-hmm then it's much easier to start doing it as well. Yeah. Yeah. But if, you know, no one around you does that and someone from the outside comes to mm-hmm. tell you like, okay, do mm-hmm. this now, change yeah. your habits, it's kind of hard to yeah. take it in and change your uh, behavior. Definitely. Oh. Um, it's easy to get stuck in, in the thought that change has to come from above, like we need system change uh, and I'm not going to do anything until that happens. But um, the political change is... Uh, coming with the people. No, it's not going to be somebody deciding something and then uh, the people adapting to that. It's going to be the people wanting something to change and then uh, the the power people making mm. that change. Yeah. Yes. It's part of the culture change in a way. Exactly. So we do actually need to um, do individual behaviors and show what it is that we want, what changes we want to mm. uh, have them happen. So we can't just sit back and relax and wait for change to come, but we have to actually make it happen. That's it. Everything changes together. It's kind of feedback between all the yeah. companies and people and the policy. and. Yeah, so so in that sense, it's not... What you do isn't pointless. Like, sure, the, the carbon dioxide that you release might not... Or your, your uh, ecological footprint might not matter too much, but what you do can matter a whole lot. So... It's not pointless to uh, engage in climate smart behaviors because that's how change is going to happen. Yes. Basically. Good points. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Good. <laughs> Should maybe, we? Yeah, maybe the next D. Oh, you, you, you. Yes. The next D is doom. doom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, here we go. Doom. Oh, doom. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is. Uh, 
basically a point that is about uh, climate communication. And this might be a little bit, well, might be a way to explain why we get anxiety and not so much um, point of how we're going to like stop our anxiety from happening because it's about how the media and politicians and researchers are talking about climate and we can't really affect that. Um, thing is, it's, it's framed as a uh, disaster that's coming. It is uh, the end of the world. This has been the way that we're framing this for uh, ever, basically. Um, ever since this climate change uh, started becoming a thing, we've been talking about it in, in the doom language. And we're basically habituated to this, uh, this wording, which means that we've gotten used to it and it doesn't have uh, the same effect on us anymore because, uh, I mean, the end of the world has been coming for uh, so many years and we're not really seeing anything happening. Like, the world isn't ending. It's still going on outside, you know. Uh, so the, the power in that phrase is, or in that framing is... Uh, is not working anymore. It's not giving us a reaction. We're basically numb to it. Um, and also, it's really just causing fear. It's not really uh, constructive in that sense. It's just telling us that uh, the world is ending and there's nothing you can do about it. So change, basically. And that's mm. like, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why what would to do. I change if yeah. there's nothing to do about and, it? And basically, mm. It's, it's framed as in you need to uh, give up this and you need to stop doing this and you need to change this. And talking about loss, uh, it doesn't really work for us because we, we don't like loss. Um, there's a, a, a phrase called loss aversion in psychology, with, which is that we tend to uh, dislike loss uh, more than we like gaining. Like if, if you um, are uh, loose a uh, hundred bucks you're gonna be uh, almost twice as sad about it as you are happy about getting a hundred bucks so it's a very resist resistance in yeah. losing things and giving up habits not flying not doing not like mm. all mm -hmm. these when we're framing it in a in a way that makes us feel like this is gonna be hard to yeah. change we don't want to lose yeah. the yes. way we live uncomfortable for us yes. to think about even think about these things yeah yeah mm. so basically what what we're hearing is that uh the world is coming to an end and you need to give up all these things and you're like i don't really want to give up all these things and then you're looking outside side and seeing like the world is not changing so you're like okay well i'm just gonna ignore this because this makes no sense uh, i don't like this and i'm not seeing what you're talking about uh and the, the, there's also another way that we tend to frame this question in the media, and that is with uncertainty. Uh, that we don't know what's going to happen, or if it's going to happen, or is climate change even real? Is it just a conspiracy? Uh, which is an e easy route to take if, um, if you hear, like, you have to give up these things. But then this person is saying that, well, we don't know if you actually have to give up these things. And then you're like, okay, well... I'm gonna listen to this person because mm. he's saying what I like, and I, I uh, I'd rather listen to that. Basically. Yeah, we see quite a lot of that, in, especially in social media and like yeah. on the internet, for example, that we sort of tend to go towards those things that we like to hear. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of, I guess, psychological phenomena 
yeah. there as well. Or yeah. like some terms yeah. and cool things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people really tend to overestimate how uh, how many of the climate researchers that uh, are uncertain about climate change or humans' effect on climate change. Uh, because right now it's about 97% of them that say that it's caused by humans. Yeah, at least. According and to some numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> for sure. Uh, this is not my area, but that's just... But still. Yeah, but that's the number that goes goes yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. So, but people tend to um, overestimate the people that are uncertain about uh, humans and their effects on it. So, uh, and that is probably because that's um, taken up a big space in the uh, climate communication, the mm. uncertainty. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And when you frame it like that, there's like the doom, and there's uh, not much you can do about it, or you should change this. Mm-hmm. When you frame it like that, then it's I can see why it's so hard to for us to change or yeah. like do something about it. No. But is there something we can do about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the S, the solution. The solution that. of this is supportive. And this is um, the way that Stockness is uh, talking about it is uh, from the point of view of the people doing the communication. Um, and that is uh, reframing it to be uh, supportive, uh, changing it from uh, losing your... Uh, giving up your car to uh, taking the bike because it's healthier or um, framing it as a bunch of new technological possibilities or uh, there are new uh, solutions, new jobs, uh, new, um, yeah, basically a a whole new world opening up where we uh, need to change things and this gives opportunity to people to be creative and um, come up with new solutions. So it's more like instead of thinking it as if you're losing something yeah. or giving something up, you want to gain something. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we uh, often uh, talk about what we lose if we change, but we don't uh, talk about so much that what we lose if we not change. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. like, I mean, what do we have everything to win to change. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, do you get the difference yeah. there? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. uh, we have very much to win to actually change. We can also socially, as we said in the last step, we can gain uh, uh, a um, yeah, social surrounding yeah. friends. You can uh, feel like you're part of the bigger movement. You mm. uh, have job opportunities. You're creative, especially for the young people. And stuff. Yeah. But yeah. isn't it that we are all like humans are tending to turn towards what they know so that's also like why we are afraid of what we don't know yeah well definitely i'm very much a, a ha- habitual yeah <laughs> we're into our habits yeah. and uh yeah so yeah, definitely like afraid of change exactly yeah. and it could could be said that it also comes down to the culture uh, creating the culture of this supportive ideas and yeah. just so uh, the things that we we value as people, if yeah. we change that to sort of align with everything that we need to do in order to change something or like react to climate change and yeah. what we need to do, it's, I guess that's part of the, the solution. Yeah, and this is a hard thing to do as well. I mean, this is not something that we just wake up and change the way we speak yeah. about something. Uh, and when it comes to uh, climate anxiety, of course, we can't really control what the media is telling us or what we see on social media we can of course choose what we follow and uh, um, what sites we 
a go-to for information, but still, like what other people are saying, we can't really control. Uh, we can, however, control what we think and how we choose to think about things. Uh, and that's um, at least what I think is um, valuable from this in, in terms of climate anxiety, is that instead of thinking about all these things that you have to uh, give up, you can try to reframe it to make it something positive. And in that way, also feeling like you're in control of the situation so that you can, um, by um, acting or doing more uh, climate-friendly things, like the way you eat or the way you travel, uh, you can get the sense that you're in control of the problem and that you're actually doing something and being active in in the question of climate change, which in turn can maybe reduce your anxiety about this. Mm. Feel, feel less doomed. Yeah. yeah. So so one first step to take is try to change the way you, you think about these uh, behaviors and the behavioral change, mm. basically. Yes. Yeah. Is it, isn't it also one of the psychological needs for people to feel this autonomy or like you're, mm -hmm. you're in control? Yeah. Or it's like one so one big uh, theory behind there. Yes, so. it's uh, for behavioral behavioral change. It is mm. for for you to do something. Mm. Uh, it's very uh, very important to feel like you're in control of mm -hmm. actually doing it. Yeah, and uh, like of course, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. If mm. you feel like it's outside your control, or um, yeah, yeah, it comes from the outside, mm -hmm. or like you're not like contributing to it. You're just like a piece of yeah. the machine or something that's changing. Exactly. Yeah you're not likely to do anything about it. Mm. No. Yeah. yeah. So yes. Yes. We can do something about it. Definitely. Awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about climate in a in like climate change or climate change behavior in a positive good way. It's it's a fun thing. Yeah. Change for climate. <laughs> yeah. We Actually, have everything to uh, win as yeah. I said to change mm. because if we don't we, uh, no, no, I shouldn't do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not done. <laughs> no, no, no. If no, no, we no. do, then we'll have a great time and it'll be epic and fun. And exactly. Yeah. So um, let's join the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yes. But it's okay. actually funny. I, I wrote down communication. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before you mentioned communication. Ah. And, okay, uh, cool. I was just thinking about both the distance and the doom. Yeah. It's just about like how we frame for example, about the distance, yeah, yeah. if it's like the polar bears yeah. and the ice yeah. caps and everything, if we just frame it into something that's more concrete, yeah, but also definitely. about the, the doom that if you frame it in like more positive way and communicate, but communicate about climate change in something, some, some way that's more yeah. uh, easy to grasp. And definitely. And that, that's a big theme, I think, in, in climate psychology in general, the fact that we need to reframe it because uh, we've been using the same tactics and the same language uh, ever since we started talking about climate change. Uh, and um, it hasn't worked. Like, we're not changing yet. Like, things are happening, sure, but we haven't gotten the results that we want and that we need. So we do need to change the way we communicate about this. Um, yeah. 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 But things are changing. Yeah. For sure. Already. Yeah. Yes, Definitely. they are. Yes. So, should we go to the next one? Yes. The next Sorry. D, the third one. <clears throat> third one is dissonance. And I like now we're this one. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking about cognitive dissonance, which is a, a psychological phenomena uh, about um, uh, an unpleasant feeling that we get when our um, thoughts or uh, attitudes or behaviors are contradicting each other. Uh, so basically, uh, for example, if what you do doesn't go along with uh, what you think about something, say that you think that um, you need to reduce your carbon dioxide uh, emissions, uh, but then you buy an airplane ticket. This is a contradiction, basically. And uh, this creates an unpleasant feeling inside of us because we don't like to be... Uh, we don't like contradictions. We don't like to be... Uh, inconsistent with what we do and how we think. So what happens here is that our brain is pretty good at uh, dealing with this unpleasantness by itself. It's like um, automatically uh, trying to look for a way to solve this uh, issue. And it is easier to change uh, what, you th what you're thinking than what you're doing. If you've already bought a plane ticket, then that's already done and you can't really change that but what you can do is change your attitude or change the way you think about this so for example by thinking that okay but what i do isn't gonna make a huge difference uh, and the real problem is the big corporations that are letting out uh, tons and tons and tons of uh, carbon dioxide it's not uh, me uh, what i do isn't gonna matter or you might think that uh, well, the, the climate is issue, it's not as big as people are saying, they're overreacting, or... I buy ecological food, then I'm, I'm worth this. Exactly. Uh, it's very much like, because I'm worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Basically. The I, rebound. I've been, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Like, yeah, I have a... Uh, uh, what's that? Uh, I don't buy plastic bags yeah. anymore. That, so I'm... <laughs> that's actually... A, a, I deserve a, this. Yeah, that's, we, we call that the negative spillover effect, which is like if, if we do something like really good uh, for the climate, like buying not buying plastic bags or buying eco-food, then we might mm. treat ourselves with a plane ticket yeah. because we've deserved it. Yeah, it's like when you um, go for a run and you feel like, okay, I deserve yeah. like a treat now. Exactly. So it's like balances mm. out. Yeah, and then it's like, in this case, it's like what the carbon dioxide emissions of a plane is like not even comparable to not buying plastic bags like uh, yeah and like certain time spans yeah. it's like totally um, exactly thing. when when you when you do the math it's like those plastics bags were they they were a waste basically because you still bought the ticket um yeah so cognitive dissonance that's where we were yeah Exactly. Yeah. So we justify everything yeah. we do by thinking like, oh, it's okay, and uh, explaining or yeah. explaining our behaviors in a positive framing. Yeah, so. we're changing the way we're thinking. Uh, we're finding explanations why we were acted the way we did in spite of our attitudes or yeah. uh, feelings about something. Yeah. Yeah. Our minds are so weird when you <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Or, or are they smart? Because like we don't want to feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. And our minds just fix this for us. Mm -hmm. like, but okay. it's, it's like a survival instinct, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because if you always feel like a dissonance within you, you would yeah. not feel good exactly. at all, not being able to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. And this is very automatic. Uh, we don't even think of uh, that, that would justify things. Yeah. We mm -hmm. think it's uh, just how things are. Yeah. Yeah, but you it's know? like how you reason in your head. Or exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
and we like to think of ourselves as something that we're we're totally in control and we decide our like the way we feel about things and but it's very much the (laughs) opposite basically like i can definitely recognize myself Mm -hmm. in what you're saying now and i can also like hear myself reasoning like if i do something bad it's like no but it's not that bad yeah exactly oh but i also do uh, Mm -hmm. yeah trying to save myself yeah yeah definitely it's a it's a common thing i think a lot of people recognize themselves in this Uh, and it creates um, a lot of opportunity for feeling bad or possibly getting anxiety from this because our uh, our lives and our societies are uh, built up by um, not too climate friendly uh, structures like a lot of things that uh, we do and that that are like our automatics like buying a plastic bag because that's what you do or uh, heating your house a certain way or uh, using the car like we've built uh, a community uh, with these um, behaviors uh, necessary and the choices are hard to make you have to make an effort to choose to do it differently Um, so the easy automatic thing to do um, creates dissonance if we want to be uh, climate friendly and uh, climate smart Mm. Uh, so we have a lot of opportunity to experience this dissonance uh, which can possibly lead to anxiety yes for sure yeah so until things become easier to do Mm -hmm. and something that's more normal then we're kind of stuck in this position where we might have to like struggle struggle with our own own minds yeah that's very good to say that because if we then Th- that comes to the solution. So what's the solution yeah. to this awesome. problem then? Yeah, very uh, good yeah. bridge there. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're getting the connection. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, the solution, at least what we can do, uh, what we are in control of, is to make um, climate-friendly behavior easy for us to do. Um, I find the, the plastic bag example an easy one to understand, so I'm going to use that. Uh, it's that if we, if we want to uh, stop using plastic bags, um there there is this saying that we need three things to make a behavior happen it is the motivation to do it the possibility to do it and then a trigger that reminds us to do it so if we want to stop using plastic bags we have the motivation already that's great step one Mm -hmm. Uh, then we need um uh, the possibility so what we need to do is to have something other other than a plastic bag to use uh basically some um I don't know. Uh, Maybe you already have a f- uh, bag of fabric that yeah. someone, uh, some company gave you at some. Uh, <laughs> or just <laughs> use a backpack or yeah. a sport bag or or whatever. Yep. Um, and then you also need a reminder for you to do it because every time you go to the store, you actually need to bring something, which is an extra effort. Mm. Uh, and we need to make this easy. And uh, one way to do this is to have this bag. Uh, right in front of your front door so that you always see it when you're leaving the house so that you get this reminder that, okay, I need to bring this bag because I'm going going to the store. Or you can, if, if you have like a small fabric bag, you can maybe store it in your uh, backpack or whatever you... I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. Perfect. It is good. Whatever you use to carry the things that you carry around all day so that you always have it with you so that if you realize that, oh, I need to buy this or get that uh, pick up this then you have you have it in with you 
uh, or if possibly you um, have a set day in the week where you do your grocery shopping, then you can set a reminder on your phone that rings and tells you that don't forget the bags. Yeah, isn't it also that we, if you habitualize yourself yeah. in the certain behavior, then it also becomes easier. And exactly. Later yeah. on, it's going to be, you don't have to invest so much effort. Exactly. Into this is like it. changing any type of habits uh, whatsoever. It's hard. But uh, once you get used to it and get into it, then it's just a new habit. And that's that's the standard way you want, you're going to do things after that. So it's just a transitioning period that is yeah, hard. That's the hard part. Yeah. Then you're fine yeah. after mm. we're very adaptive that's the yeah. positive uh, positive thing about uh, the psychology uh, t- about change in general and behavioral change that when we have done the change we're very adaptive we're yeah. very uh, able to be flexible in our lives so um if we just have like take a little more energy to uh, to maybe plan our our behaviors a little easier yeah. uh, more environmental friendly uh, you're gonna catch up, and it's not gonna be a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, can I m- take an example on some something else? Of course. Else? Yeah. Uh, f- uh, if I um, uh, gonna apply it on your first step, for example, to be uh, uh, more social about um, climate uh, climate uh, engagement. Uh, maybe Friday, Fridays for Future is all over the world. You know, uh, that's a, a social. Um, yeah. Uh, social uh, movements or movement uh, groups uh, yeah anyway yeah um so to we call we call this uh, making your everyday life easy and mm-hmm. like nudging that's like mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure you've heard about it oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, I was actually going to mention that uh, yeah. when you mentioned the um, uh, which which part was that oh uh, yeah for example the like this many hotel visitors they, yeah. um, or how did you frame it? Um, they reuse their towels. Yeah, to yeah. Re- reuse them. Yeah, and yeah. um, isn't that kind of nudging? Yeah. When you just yeah, well, like get, lay out the statistics, and for people we, to sort of relate to the group. Y- well, well you can say yeah. I guess it can be. Yeah, it's pushing. Uh, like not not just like to push yeah, a little bit like in a yeah. one direction that helps you in a direction so back to the fridays for future example um uh, if you want to nudge uh, yourself if you if you uh, got as uh, really uh, interested in the first step t- the first solution about being more social in <laughs> of course you did uh, <laughs> she's not at all biased uh, no uh, uh, then uh, you you're uh, the first step you have the motivation to be more engaged uh, socially in environmental change. Um, and then you have to make it practical po- possible uh, for you. you um, maybe that's... Uh, uh, yeah, as, uh, the, like to find the time to like reschedule things or to not book things on Fridays where it's always like maybe at lunch in some cities or uh, in lean shopping from <laughs> <laughs> from three to five every Friday and 
for the trigger might be, you know, to actually have it in your ca- calendar, to have a reminder, or to maybe bring a friend that will remind you. That's the trigger, you know. To, mm. uh, you know, it's you know, it's easier to go running if you have pack mm-hmm. have a pact with a friend to do it. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to not make it happen if mm-hmm. you're just decided with your yourself, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that could make uh, be a trigger to actually go on your first climate striker. So. Um, and after maybe two times, it's not that hard because you've tried it. It's uh, you know, then it's more of a habit or, or less of a yeah, a change in your mm-hmm. head. Mm. So I just want to take a more social example. Yeah, mm, that's great. Yeah, great one. I love it. <laughs> What we do need to say though is that even yeah. though we're representing psychologisation. Uh, We obviously have a personal interest in this question and might get a little bit more involved than what uh, is professional. <laughs> yeah. So ju- just a d- as a disclaimer, if something gets too heated, then it's our own personal opinions yeah. playing into our professional role here. <laughs> yeah. And it's But still just a conversation. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. But we're also, I would say, like this Friday's future example, yeah. I would say is very much in line of the climate psychology. Yeah. Definitely. Um, research as a whole so maybe not what we said on the lecture but more as that it's very important to be on a political impact so uh, impact level Mm -hmm. instead of focusing too much on the individual habits yeah okay the fourth d all right Almost there. Or maybe, m- maybe I want to mention before. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The dissonance thing. Uh, I ju- uh, as we said, it's really hard. There's a lot of uh, um, triggers in our environment, in our imperfect uh, world, that makes us be able to have dissonance all the time because it's uh, easier to be a, a cli- like environmental bad than mm. environmental mm-hmm. perfect so yeah. aiming to be an environmental perfect person is maybe not the what we're aiming for when it no. comes to reducing your anxiety it's exactly. also okay to to feel the dissonance and to feel like yeah okay maybe i i'm i, I don't have the budget as a student as to buy a perfect uh, ecological food but that's maybe not where you do the most of the dif- mm-hmm. difference psychologically uh, uh According to climate psychologic is psychologists, yeah. mm. and I think this is yeah. Im- important to remember that um, I mean we have an image of what a, what w- in a perfect world we all would be doing uh, to uh, to reduce our impact on climate, but it's not realistic in our society, uh, and it's um, hard to do it all, and uh, I. Th- personally think that it can be um, helpful to think about the fact that my emissions don't make a huge difference and therefore it is okay for me to not be perfect in everything I do as long as I contribute with um, doing something and being positive about what I am doing and sharing and uh, affecting other people with what I do and what I think is important so Mm. Yeah, At it's a lot about just being conscious about your actions and yeah. what the consequences of those are. Mm. Exactly. So, so it doesn't have to yeah. be like this perfection that you're aiming for. Yeah. Of course, it can be sort of this distant idea that, okay, I'm aiming for this, yeah. but then acknowledging those steps to go to that direction. Mm-hmm. And be like, it's it's okay if, if I'm not doing perfect here because um, 
it's not going to make the biggest difference. And the most important thing is that I feel like I have the energy to actually do the things that make a difference mm. yeah. and do things that are meaningful to me. And I guess also acknowledging the dissonance or like yeah. you, when you know Definitely. what what is going on, it's easier to sort yes. of maneuver around it. Yes, that's a that's great point. A way of uh, uh, r- regulate can you say that uh, your anxiety yeah. if you're if you can frame why you feel a w- uh, a way like yeah. i'm doing this but i uh, know it's wrong or i feel like i i'm not able to do differently mm. uh, just knowing why you feel the uncomfortable or, or the anxiety makes the anxiety yeah. more um, yeah you can handle it yeah better. Just being aware of what dissonance is and why you're experiencing it can help you not feel so bad about it, you know, because you can be like, okay, this is a normal thing and uh, it's okay. Nobody's perfect. It's mm. it's fine. Yeah. yeah. You can talk about uh, your feelings about it with your friends. Then you're uh, if, like, okay, I, f- I think it's really hard that uh, I have to take the car or that I have to do this yeah. because then you... Uh, actually ac- express uh, a, a different norm in your uh, friend group that uh, I actually care about the climate, but I can't be perfect. And make it social. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it always comes down to that. <laughs> yeah. yes. Okay, so let's move on to the fourth D. All right. Uh, now, it's my Ds. My, <laughs> two, my two second Ds. Okay, Bring it on. it's the den- denial. Uh, yeah, this is getting like politically controversial now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But the thing with with denial is that it uh, has a passive and an active form, and the active form is what we usually uh, think of the you know politically active den- deniers, you know. Mm. But we all deny, and that's mostly um, the passive form. That we we um, it's. Uh, similar to dissonance and it can also be uh, triggered by both the doom and the dissonance but it's a stronger defense mechanism it's uh, it's like a wall it's not even you're not even uh, you know justifying and arguing with yourself uh, because it's you're like shutting the feelings before they're even there you know um, so it's a, a pure defense mechanism i was just thinking you were uh, it's a bit connected to what we were talking about with the the whole distance um point where we said that it's a big uh, issue far away from us like we we have um it's easy for us to just say that okay uh i'm just not gonna tackle this you know because it's not uh up to me like i I Mm -hmm. can't make a difference so i'm just gonna Uh, whatever and it's also connected to um uh, the doom framing of the um you know framing it as a loss and i don't want to lose and then there is this uncertainty so i'm going to choose to just deny climate change because that that means i don't have to lose anything and i'm still listening to the research because there is still research that that is unsure and i'm just listening to that i'm choosing that as my um my source of information right now i'm just yeah. denying the rest you know mm. yeah it's kind of hard to take the whole big picture into account anyways mm-hmm. so i guess we have this confirmation bias that we're yeah. like aiming towards the stuff that we we know and exactly. what is familiar yeah. and then 
deny the rest of the big picture. Yeah. And the thing with this is that it's uh, actually a, an effective way of reducing anxiety. Like if we just choose not to believe it, then why would we worry? Mm. It's about, it's not about uh, like knowledge or intel- intelligence. It's about that we know something, but we act like we, as if we didn't know. So we, we we're doing the business as usual thing, but we know, but we, uh, yeah. So it's like a double life. And so that's a good um, like metaphor, I think. And also that uh, the smart thing is that uh, we also deny that we deny. Mm. I think that's so funny <laughs> because it's so smart because we don't think that it, like, no, I'm not denying this, you know, yeah. because you're denying that you're denying. We all deny it in some uh, what way. And it's really good to regulate uh, anxiety. Um, and if you have too much anxiety, it could be it's really good to know uh, your what do you call the Instagram and the Facebook? Social uh, media. Yeah, social media, but flooden. The feeds. The feeds. Thank you. Yeah, the feeds. The flows. The feeds. Yeah. It's maybe if you you're too high on this anxiety level, it's um, maybe not. Uh, you can regulate your feeds so you maybe not have it all the time in your every feed you have. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but. Uh, most of us deny maybe a little too much. Um, yes. Um, so the solution then. Yes, please. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> we need solutions. Uh, is to um, measure what you actually do. This is easier to do on a group level, but you can do it as an individual as well. But if you're, uh, when you're working later, now it's mostly students listening to this, but then you can measure your uh, like objectively carbon footprints uh, as a company. And then you can measure uh, your, uh, um, how you how you make it better and better. Uh, and that's a uh, direct feedback for you and you can see your difference and it's uh, helps you not to deny um, because you both see how you affect but also what what difference you make so that's an objective way Th- there's apps for this another way of uh, getting this um, um, motivating feedback is to have like concrete uh, subjective goals like individual goals for example uh, join a uh, climate um, group or uh, be vegan for a month or something. If you have a a concrete uh, goal framed enough so you actually get the feedback that now I'm done, you know, Mm -hmm. that it should be time uh, measured, it should be um, clear when you're done with the goal, it should be specific what what is the goal, what do I want to achieve. So if you specify all this things it's very easy to measure when you're actually uh, achieved it and mm. then it's uh, it's this feedback that okay now i've actually done this you know uh, po- so you should uh, measure your positive impact that's the yep. uh, solution the thing right, about right. Uh, denial and climate anxiety is that denial doesn't really lead to climate anxiety because you deny the problem yeah uh, so in terms of anxiety it's not really um it doesn't really 
um, help to talk about the people that are denying other than uh, maybe it can give us an understanding of like help us with the frustration of why aren't people reacting to this like mm. why am i the only one feeling this way yeah um yeah it's one of the dealing mechanisms for yeah like pos- potentially feeling anxiety yeah. i guess mm-hmm. so like it's important to understand what's going on and definitely to, and why yeah. it's it's an easy uh, solution for people to to have uh, according to this and that it doesn't come from uh, being less intelligent as Josephine said it's uh, just a coping me- mechanism and it works really well because you don't feel anxiety when you're in denial but yeah. of course it's um Not something that we recommend as a solution to uh, climate anxiety because, um, yeah, the outcomes are yeah potentially negative if you deny certain. But also that you, then you maybe don't deny as much uh, if you're uh, have climate anxi- anxiety. Yeah. Uh, then you maybe don't have this mechanism, and it's not a long-term solution to no, deny because exactly. the problem won't go away. So it's you know. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's not a long-term term solution. Denial only works until it doesn't. Mm. Basically. Yeah, and then uh, uh, yeah, it's very as you said, it's very social. This like if if uh, uh, people around you deny and uh, have the business as usual behavior, and it's very pushed by other people's behavior. So if your neighbors uh, drive cars and um, Etc. You're yeah. you're uh, very much more likely to do that yourself. Yeah. 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 Okay. Makes sense. I mean, again, similar like themes going around here. Yeah. yeah. Like when it comes to the solutions and. That's that's uh, a theme with this model is that he Stockness has you know tried to make it simple and easy to understand and like nice to look at with the five Ds. Yeah. But it's not. It's not a clear-cut difference between these things. They they are all connected and they all overlap in certain areas in in some ways, uh, which you definitely see once you get into it. But as a as a like starting model to use to sort of organize all of these psychological coping mechanisms and uh, um, psychological uh, phenomena that affects us, it's it's useful. Yeah, But it's. Not quite as easy as we wish it was. Yeah, it's say. many uh, many uh, theories in one theory. Mm. Yeah, definitely yeah, in one model. Yeah. Okay, so the fi- fifth, so uh, uh, the last one is identity. Mm. And what is the identity then? Woohoo! Uh, it yeah. is. <laughs> But this was actually really interesting as well. Yes. It's a bit different. I mean. Of course, it's also in the social context, but it's from a different perspective. Yes, the identity of ourselves is basically our story about ourselves, I would say. It's the way we think about ourselves, how we categorize ourselves. Like, I'm a soccer player, I'm a girl, I'm a blah, blah, blah. And we want uh, information that we take in and our behaviors. If Or if I put it this way, if we get information that doesn't uh, cope or, like, goes with our behavior or who we feel like we are and the story of ourselves uh, we will have harder to listen to that information so we don't take in that information we basically um, uh, if uh, for example if you think uh, as yourself as someone that loves traveling it is harder to t- take in for reals the the climate <laughs> uh, footprint of uh, f- flights. You know, 
So uh, also the groups that we're in uh, are a part of our identity, maybe a sport team or uh, where we stand politically. And we feel that we belong to these groups in uh, different kind of ways. Um, and we relate to the people in this group or the ideas, the values in these groups. And we also listen to people within the group or that goes along with the values of the group. And we also then don't listen to uh, things that don't go along with our groups or comes from members outside the group. For example, a politician that comes from a different party that you usually agree with, you won't listen to their facts as much as the ones that you uh, usually agree with. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's wh why we um, get this polarization yeah. of politics. Yeah. yeah, and the yeah. issue with the climate question is that it is a bit politically polarized right now. For uh, sure. Which yeah. <laughs> which makes it harder for people who don't uh, identify with with mm. those th that party or those parties to take in that information because uh, it's coming from people who they don't identify with and who they don't agree with generally, uh, and so uh, that automatically classifies this information as the things that they think, mm. not the things that I think. Yeah, yeah. this kind of tribal yeah. uh, instincts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we see what we want to see and we hear what we want to hear. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and confirmation bias again? Yeah. Or yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Partially. It is confirmation bias. Yeah. Okay, so uh, anxiety uh, uh, um, adapted to this uh, identity thing is that it, we really don't want to uh, change ourselves. This information uh, that don't go along with our identity basically say, you need to change, and we don't want that. So we we don't listen to that information. So it's hard to change, and that's anxiety uh, feelings about changing yourself as a person. Mm. And that's very close to us. The identity is very uh, hard to change. It feels very personal uh, suddenly. This climate, uh, climate issue becomes personal. Mm. And uh, identity, like, can you see, exceeds uh, information. Mm -hmm. or comes before information mm -hmm. in that sense. Yeah. So uh, I really like the solution to this one. Um, yes. Please, like? please tell us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, 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 uh, this is like the most, for me at least, the most <laughs> uh, pepping or yeah, um, solution. Nice. Uh, so our brain loves stories and stories, like positive framed stories uh, about um, actual... Uh, change is the solution to this one. For example, uh, person, people or persons who have done a change or projects or cities or uh, countries who has laws, you know. We need examples, we need uh, idols, we need, you know, we need the stories that are uh, positive about climate change. Now, uh, all the stories we hear are ice bears, uh, uh, and uh, melting ice, you know, mm. it's doom, doom stories. Now we need the positive framed stories uh, to uh, feel that we can do something about it. Um, mm -hmm. It makes it more uh, clear that it's in within our control because if you see that this friend does something good or uh, this city, like Copenhagen, has a lot of bikes and mm -hmm. the whole infrastructure uh, are built around bikes, you know. Mm. Um, 
when we have that example, it is easier to imagine that if they can, we can, you know, mm-hmm. or I can. Yeah. So it's more within our control and it also makes us uh, see what and how to change, what, what needs to change. Yeah, there's an example, what needs to change and how did they do it, you know. So I'm just like, uh, <laughs> go with all the stories, <laughs> like just surround yourself with stories and good examples because that's really necessary to actually... Um, be able to do like this cliche you know I need to focus on the hope and and uh, stuff when it's actually you know it's easy to uh, get stuck in the bad and the darkness of the issue mm. we, it's it's really necessary to surround yourselves with the good news yeah, yeah. Mm. exactly so yeah and just to feel inspired by by these stories yeah like, uh, how do we define ourselves with these stories and where do we find each other or ourselves in yeah. them So also what you do, like the nudging and the and the good behaviors, it makes those behaviors the the what can feel like small behaviors um, in a in a bigger context. So stories helps us to put our our behaviors in a bigger perspective and makes us feel more um, as a part of something mm-hmm. bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's really helpful for making the anxiety go away. Yeah. And, and this is also connected to the the climate communication, uh, and how uh, the solution to uh, climate change has always been telling the story in a certain way, which is with uh, information about what's going on and what we can do to solve it. Uh, and it's just um, very um, practically framed, and also framed in a way that is uh, scary. Like we need to do this or else. Um, and this obviously works for some people because there are people who are uh, engaged in in climate uh, in climate debates and uh, making changes uh, in their lives. But it doesn't work for everyone. It's not a story that um, everyone can relate to. So what needs to happen is that um, we need other types of stories, stories of um, well, of hope and of good examples and a narrative that's like. Um, telling us where we want to go like this is our goal this is what we want we want a city that's green where you can move around and we don't have to listen to the noise from cars and mm. uh, we have greenery or or we we want to talk about the earth as something that we need to take care of like we're um we're put here to um take responsibility for nature and animals and uh, take care of them and make sure that this planet is uh, feeling as good as it possibly can. Uh, or c- we can frame it in like the um, the possibilities that we have to uh, change our society and our economy and what uh, a green economy could do for us. Uh, what that would mean to uh, change the way we think about our economy and... Um, how that could be beneficial for everyone. Mm. Yeah. So it's really about um, creating more stories than like the one that we have right now. Yeah. The alternatives that maybe they're somewhere in the background for at first, yeah. but if they are normalized and like become part of the culture, then exactly. there's a, yeah. a lot of potential there. So what we need is people telling different stories that have different focuses, but are all connected in the sense that we're doing it to um, affect the climate in a good way, to stop our negative uh, effects on mm. on climate. 
Yeah. But it's yeah. interesting, actually, um, w- like people react to stories in different ways yeah. and yeah. react to different kinds of stories. Exactly. Like one of the big things is this like dystopian mm-hmm. yeah. concept yeah, of a story yeah. that is like, um, yeah. it speaks to some certain yeah. people and that motivates and inspires to change. Because if that's the uh, future, yeah. then we need to do something else. But then some people get exactly. like... Um, turned down by that and, um, and and imagine being like hearing this story and being like wow this is so serious the world is ending we need to do something right now this is like the most important thing ever and then you spread that story in the same way and people don't react the same way you do mm. that is very frustrating anyone who's uh, who's on this side and believes and uh, like buys that story and and listens to that story knows that it's very frustrating when you like keep spreading that message in that way and you don't get the reaction that you think or, or imagine everyone should have yeah. on that story but really it's about our identity and what we relate to and what we value and we need different narratives mm. yeah that's quite amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you that's been Yeah, a lot of cool information and yeah. like the whole package. Yeah, I credit it a lot to uh, Stockness. Yeah, mm. yeah, yes. but it's so interesting. Yeah. like I think I could talk, um, like hear you talking about yeah. this for so much longer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> exactly, it's been we've been just mostly listening in the background, yeah. but yeah. like this yeah. is it's just yeah. just because I'm learning so much and like yeah, thinking that like this is how I'm experiencing things, but yeah. I've never like thought of it this way. Yes. Mm. So what is our common conclusion of all this? It seems to come down to a lot of this social, cultural, um, big picture things. And seeing ourselves as being like one part of the cause and Mm. the solution, perhaps? Yes, we we, um, should be more social. We should should, uh, frame our uh, positive behaviors, positive stories. and measure the positive impact we do. Yeah, mm. and also uh, hopefully what I uh, hope people take away from this is that uh, with an understanding of our psychology, uh, we can maybe uh, have a little bit more control over what we think and what we do. Um, because it, it it can sound a little bit negative when we talk about all these things that we do uh, unconsciously that uh, affects uh, our our behavior yeah, and can feel kind of dehumanizing. Yeah, in a like way. we're not in control of anything. But yeah. uh, I, I try to see it as a good thing to, to get an understanding of this and see how things are working and try to figure out why they work this way and then try to see what I can do about that. Yeah, to feel like, empowered by yeah. understanding. Like the information is is giving us the power to actually do something about it and yes. maybe change. Mm. Yes, maybe. <laughs> Maybe we will. <laughs> yes, we, we will. Can. We can do it. Yes, yes. Yeah. I have a dream. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it in. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, mm. right. Maybe we should. Uh, yeah. Perhaps we wrap it up for this yeah. time. But we would right. love to have you on later as well. Yes. Like, Just um, tell us what we uh, should say, and we'll say. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Well, that's how it works. No, no. Yeah. We'll, no we'll, we'll look into the research on the topic. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're professionals. Thinking about, <laughs> uh, we've been talking about this behavioral change yeah. quite a bit in this episode. So yes. perhaps next time we could talk about more specifically um, 
about behavioral change yeah. and what yes. is it that why is it so hard for us yes. to yeah. change and what should we how will we achieve it exactly yes. <laughs> the solutions so, yeah, yeah. yeah sounds great an episode in the future yep. yes we'd okay. love to yeah. yes so i would love to thank you so much for this conversation exactly yes. thank you for so having us yes. <laughs> and for listening to us yes thank you yeah. bye 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 so as said that was quite fascinating yeah like we had a really long and interesting conversation yes and we'll it will probably be quite long episode you will know by this time but uh, it was all in all so so cool that yeah interesting and like learning a lot of new things even though i was to the lecture yeah. before yeah yeah i will just go home now and like think about my own mm. acts on my anxiety for the climate that i definitely have <laughs> yeah and we should all do that yeah actually uh, one thing that we were asked to do during the lecture is to reflect and like find the the d that was more closest like closest to our own thinking or like where we um identify ourselves in or where, where we can find our or where we can find ourselves in yeah so we should all do that now yeah yeah, yeah and also right. they uh also asked us to uh that if you want to like know more about this you could listen to the Stockness, the Norwegian professor, mm. he has a TED talk that you can listen to yes. if you want to know more about climate anxiety or also read his book, maybe. Mm. Should be found on YouTube. Yeah, the pod, talks the TED talk, not yeah. the <laughs> book. <laughs> That's it, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I was also thinking that because they were talking so much about uh, like communication and that we should like talk about climate in a more positive way and maybe positive or like uh good news so i actually asked karin in our team to find some positive news so i'm gonna tell you positive news oh hit me yeah so erasmus did you ever play with lego when you were younger yeah actually actually is like uh the toy that is the closest to my heart yeah i spent so many hours with legos in my childhood yeah me too <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as Scandinavians or uh, like yeah. Northern. I wouldn't be the same oh, person without no. Legos. No. <laughs> no sponsored. <laughs> no. Uh, actually, Lego is planning to find a replace material for their uh, plastic bricks by 2030. Mm -hmm. And they are aiming to stop their manufacturing of the bricks that are made of plastic resin and are considering like other options for this. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because they uh, produce around 60 million br uh, blocks every year. Yeah. So it's a lot of plastic materials. Yeah, and thinking about the, like the history of Lego, how yeah. much plastic there has been. Yeah. Even for my own Legos that I yeah. had back in the day. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of plastic. And yeah. It, of course, it's like a controversial uh, topic, and uh, as a material, there's a lot of talk about plastic. Yeah, and it's also hard to um, recycle it and stuff. Mm. Yeah. So, but the problem is that the new material needs to work in the same way as the plastic does today. Like kids need to be able to do the same thing when they're playing with it, and mm. so. So they should be like rigid enough to have like the clickiness of. Yeah. You know, putting the pieces together. Yeah. Just the satisfaction you get from that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, one of the materials that is mentioned in the article that uh, Karin found is hemp, 
which is a strain of cannabis plants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it uh, has uh, low levels of THC, the active uh, substance in cannabis. Yeah, so <laughs> not really high, so you will probably not get high <laughs> from playing with it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, that's, that could be one product for c certain markets at some point, but yeah. like as a beginning that. <laughs> yeah, and it's a plant that grows quickly, so it doesn't take that much time since you like from you plant it until you can use it. Mm. And today it's used for like clothes and paper and paint and animal feed. But it's also a plant, so it's not really from recycled material. It's something that you need to grow to be able to use. Yeah. So it sounds potential. I mean, hemp has a, a lot of different applications that yeah. is, it's being used right now. So um, if the commodity chains are figured out and there's a sustainable solution yeah. to produce the hemp, in order to provide or satisfy the need of the Lego market, then that's a good way to approach it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, plastic as itself is um, is controversial, but I would say that Legos aren't the worst thing that we're using the plastic in. No. Of course, there's no. um. But it's a start. Yeah. Like someone needs to start finding like a good solution for the plastic, mm. and why not start here? Yeah, definitely. And Legos are. I guess they basically rely on just plastic as their, you know, income or like they're producing plastic yeah. things. So it's it's good to start where a lot of like a big impact can be made. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see their research and their development, development until 2030 to yeah. see if they find any good replacement material. We will keep our eyes and ears open yeah. for the future progress. Yeah. And we are also thinking that maybe this uh, positive news can be a like continuing part of our podcast. Yes, it can get kind of doom and gloom when we talk about sustainability. And usually it's about a lot about those issues or challenges that uh, that we are facing. So, yeah, it would be nice to have this positive yeah. um, approach or positive perspectives as well. Yeah, but because some, sometimes you need something like uplifting to be able to continue the struggle or <laughs> yeah. like trying to find Keep a solution. the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so much good stuff happening and we often get overwhelmed by this negative and it's fed to us through media and uh, we tend to respond to that the strongest. So that's why we'd like to also talk about the positive stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was it for today, I guess. Yeah. It was a good day. Yeah, and Definitely. we haven't really decided on a subject for a next episode. Mm, but so, so that will be in the future. Yes, but hopefully you'll hear from us soon. Yeah, definitely. Yes. So thank you, Sophie, thank for you, today. Thank you, And we'll get back to it later. Yes, see you another time. Yes, hear you soon.